Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime. But the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Well, don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome to Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening. Going to be with you for the full four. But I'm not alone for the first couple of hours. We got our buddy Wes Blankenship back with us here for the first couple of hours with us. Can't get rid of me, John. No, listen, we're going to have some fun tonight. We got a lot to get into here. So, uh, as we say in the South, busier than a one-armed paper hanger. Uh, with you for the full four, asking to download the Odyssey app. We know you're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can take the smartphone. You can take your tablet. You can take your Alexa speakers. You can take your Texas Instruments calculator, your Nintendo 64, your Game Boy, your Palm Pilot, whatever your device is. Just download it on something to catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, the best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. And, of course, your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. He is at Wes underscore Inship. I'm just going to say it like that. Inship. That works. N-S-H-I-P. I think if you just search my name, it'll come up. Yeah, it's not very hard. I, I get the Wes blank and then yeah. the Inship uh, to it. Uh, believe it or not, behind the glass, uh, we're fat and sassy here. We'll talk about that in just a second. Mm. Dylan. Behind the glass producing this evening at underscore Dylan Matthews. Dylan. Is that it? Okay. I, I didn't want to step on your whole intro and Thank all that you, kind Chuck. of stuff. So Yeah, I switch it up. Sometimes I only do one Dylan. Sometimes I do four Dylons. Right. You know? Or sometimes you do 63 Dylons. Got to keep you on your toes. Um, Dylan and I are fat and sassy here tonight because we got How the did payoff. You, is, that, is one of you fat and one of you is sassy or you're both? Well, I'm fat and sass, and then he's just C, uh, S-Y. He's just okay. the last part because I'm like three times the size that, that he is. Um, I get it. 
So we um, we got our payoff tonight, right, Dylan? For uh, we won we won the first week of the tease of the week contest, and along with that comes dinner. Now, yes. so I, I recommended uh, barbecue, and Mike brought up fat mats, and so absolutely. So we loaded up on ribs. I had some Brunswick stew. Is fat mats the go to, or is it just in the rotation? Well, fat mats. Like, for where we're at, I don't know if there's a better spot near us than Fat Matt's for barbecue, especially if you want ribs. Is there a better yeah, place Fox around Brothers, here? Fox Brothers is a little far. Yeah. Fox I, Brothers is great. Love Fox Brothers. Fat Matt's is just up the road. That makes yeah. sense. So we loaded up on ribs and sides and white oh, yeah. bread. and where, where's the whole my, nine. Where's my barbecue, guys? What, what gives? Well, we thought for About you that. being a guest, you'd have <laughs> bought, brought us some food. I mean, we thought that. I think we do have we some have... better barbecue out my way, out near Athens. So yeah, I mean, next I, time I come in. Listen, Fat Matt's is close. It's great. It's a legend. Um, now, here's what I'll say. We got robbed for this this past week. Like, I, I do believe. And I know John Freaky. And Hugh Douglas, our our morning show, they you know freaky freaky won um, this week, but I think there was some as if I can steal a Mike Bellism, there was some shenanigans mm. that were involved. Um, I'll say it like this first, Wes. Uh, much like space, as Ric Flair used to say about Space Mountain, you can't be first, but you can be next. Woo. And so they were the winners this week. So they're going to get breakfast since they're the morning show. They're they're trying to figure out what their breakfast is going to be. John Freaky, yeah, him, the the morning show guys. <laughs> Freaky and Hugh. Um, John Freaky? Him. But I think we got robbed. Don't you, Dylan? I think, I, I mean, again, when I heard the tease, hey, we got uh, the three uh, playoff teams. John Freaky? Yeah, him. Freaky Deaky. You know, they, it was it was after that Freaky Fire, whatever that thing is that they do. So I feel like we got robbed. So that's all right. I mean, we still got, I think, what do we got, a few weeks left? Yeah, I think we thing? have two weeks left. Okay, so it's just for this month then. Yeah, it's just for the month. Okay, all right. So, Again, just like Space Mountain, you can't be first, but you can be next. So we'll see what uh, what happens uh, from there. Um, again, happy voting day to everybody. Um, I've got my – I brought up my official sticker, so I'm I'm legal and legit, so I got my oh, yeah? official sticker. You got so, the peach? Yeah, so we got – so we all go. voted. I got uh, mine here. too. Yep. So, all right, Dylan Dylan's got his. So yep. I everybody's, early. I've every, lost my, my sticker. Uh, no, that's good. I mean, it was a huge turnout early. Um we're watching the college football playoff poll. Can I, well, can I point that out? What yes. a wild day, man. We start out with the uh, Powerball running over mm-hmm. into today. I thought mm-hmm. that had a chance to go later into the day. Right. That would have been absolute chaos. But we've got uh, the Powerball run over going to start the day. Now we've got the CFP mm-hmm. ranking show and election night. And we got Freaky. Um, oh, sorry. That's John Freaky? Yeah, that's not the same thing. But anyway. Yes, we do. We'll keep you up to date about what the college football playoff poll is. So here's what we got going on. 740 tonight, we're going to talk to Chip Towers. Obviously, Wes, huge weekend in Athens. Um, look, I don't, I, you know, I saw the metrics, jet airplanes, um, you know, nuclear bombs, um, <laughs> you know, meteor showers, mm-hmm. whatever the highest decibel level is of sound on on Earth and beyond. Um, it hit in Athens on Saturday. Yeah, I think you could rank maybe uh, Godzilla. Right, right. Step. Yeah, versus Mothra. <laughs> you, you have as good a chance of confirming that as you do the actual decibel yes. level in Sanford Stadium. But whatever it is, it was loud. Yes. I don't and know what the number was, but people's ears are hurting. They're still hurting today. And it was a butt kicking. I mean, there's no really two ways about it. We're watching the poll. I expect Georgia will be number one. 
Um, and that's what the committee gets for putting Georgia three. I never thought they should be three. You were with me last Tuesday when we talked about this. I thought Georgia should be the number one team in the country. Yeah. If, if they didn't prove, and we're going to talk at 820, you and I are going to go di- dive deep into all of it then. Wow. But if it's right there on the page in black and white, how about that? Huh? Light of day. Yeah. Okay. We don't even have to tease it or anything. I don't even <laughs> have to do a, a John freaky tease, you know, for, for any of that kind of stuff. So, um, John people. Freaky? It was de- yeah, him. It was definitely Elimination Saturday. You know, we get one of these every every year toward the end of the season. Clemson, who comes in at number 10, they got steamrolled by Notre Dame. That wasn't fluky. They got run over by Notre Dame. LSU, in the words of Max Howell, took care of Alabama on Saturday night. Now we look like, again, if Georgia wins on Saturday at Mississippi State, they will clinch the SEC East. And we'll have, barring any catastrophes, Georgia and LSU will be your SEC championship yeah. game come first and weekend LSU of December. LSU could also clinch this weekend. So yeah. it could be a, just a championship weekend in the divisions. Um, and by the way, you know, you got Ole Miss and Alabama hanging around. And yeah, LSU's b- not a shoe in right now. It is a, a wide open SEC West on paper. Right. But I'll tell you, the, the Ole Miss Alabama game. I think that's the play-in for one of the big six bowl games. I think that's one of your play-in games because I'm going to assume Georgia beats LSU. They'll be the SEC runner-up. They'll play in the Cotton Bowl or something like that, whatever it is. And then I think the Old Miss-Alabama winner is going to get the next spot in one of the big six games, whatever it is. Orange Bowl, Fiesta. I don't, I, I can't even remember what the two semifinal games are this year. But that game, Alabama, they lose on Saturday. They might not even be in a New Year's no. Day bowl when all is said and done. Who had Bama and or Ole Miss a couple weeks ago potentially playing in like a Citrus Bowl yeah. outback bowl situation? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's Alabama's realistic looking. They lose Saturday to Ole Miss. You're right. They're probably in Orlando to play in the Citrus Bowl against Yeah. Penn State, Iowa. <laughs> Nebraska. Not Nebraska, uh, one of those Big Ten teams that yeah. just because it won't be Ohio, to, it won't be Ohio State or Michigan. Those two teams will either they'll one or both will be in the playoff when all is said and done. The other one's going to be in the Rose Bowl. So um, it's going to be like it could be. Could you imagine Alabama? Let's just hypothetically Alabama and Illinois in the Citrus Bowl. Wow! On January first, how would game, that be? That game will set football fandom back a couple decades yeah. for a lot of yeah. roll tide people like, out there. Like honestly, they should make Illinois come out in leather helmets in that game. That Illinois defense against a checked out Alabama offense, mm-hmm. Bryce Young potentially, yeah. you know, looking ahead to the NFL. Obviously, this is all hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, we got a long but, way to go. But if that's what happens, that could get ugly. Yeah. For Bama. Yeah, Illinois is the number one scoring defense in the country right They're now. Filthy. For, yeah. for most people that uh, don't know, most all of the Big Ten defenses are like tops in scoring because they're outside of Ohio State and Michigan. There's very little offense that gets played in in the Big Ten nowadays. So, um, so we'll talk more about that here coming up at uh, eight twenty. Uh, a couple other things, real quick too. Uh, obviously, Falcons. We're going to talk about that coming up in the next segment. Um, Carolina coming up on Thursday. Quick turnaround. <laughs> so you just saw Carolina a couple weeks ago. I'll I'll give you my thoughts about Falcons and Chargers coming up, but anything just real quick about Falcons, what we saw Sunday coming up Thursday, any thoughts about uh, that? I mean, when you look at how Thursday night football games have gone this season, oh god, I don't know if be, yeah, I don't know if 
Atlanta, Carolina is necessarily the the yeah. remedy for that. Yeah, speaking of games that should be played in black and white with leather helmets, right? I mean, that could be that could be this game on Thursday. So, as I said, we'll get uh, more into all of that. Um, very good victory by the Hawks last night over Milwaukee. They uh, they give Milwaukee their first loss. No Trey Young, fifty nine points from their bench. AJ Griffin literally played as many minutes last night as he had played for the whole season. You know, he had four DNPs already this year. In the first nine games, he didn't play Saturday, right, Dylan? He was no. he didn't play Saturday against New Orleans. He, he peed had, last night. He did, too. He did. 31 minutes, 24 points, I believe it was. Um, outstanding effort from the – look, Wester 7-3 in their first 10. I'll take that. Oh, every day. Every day you'll take it. What a weird win, though. Yeah. What a weird win. You know, they almost, they, they almost beat Milwaukee about a week or so ago up there – in Milwaukee, I thought they played really well. Yeah, you know, Dylan, am I right on this? Isn't that like the second time in three years that they've beaten Milwaukee without Trey Young? Not talking about the playoff, but remember, late in the season, I think it might have been last year or the year before, they beat Milwaukee without Trey Young. That's like twice during the regular season that they've beat Milwaukee without Trey Young. Without thinking. looking it up, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. maybe they don't need him. I, yeah, trade him, right? I mean, <laughs> trade him away. Holiday. Very quickly, too, uh, Max Freed, one of the three finalists for the Cy Young, well-deserved. He's the best left-hander in baseball. All right, so we know George is number one, by the way, so we got that up there. And Spencer Strider, Michael Harris are finalists for the Rookie of the Year. It's going to be one or both of those guys uh, that win it, but congrats to Max Freed, uh, well-deserved out there. All right, Ohio State is number two. All right, we'll wrap up the poll when we get back. We'll get into Falcons. Chuckery hanging out with West Blankenship. We're here in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back with you the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. West Blankenship hanging out with me here. Yes, sir. Going to be with me for these couple of hours, and then uh, I'll take over and fly solo from there. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line open and available to you if you want to jump in, be a part of the conversation. Uh, Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 92 on the game. I'm at JMCH316. He is at Wes underscore Inship. And he, of course, is at underscore Dylan Matthews. All right, before we get into Falcons, let's uh, look real quick. Here's your top seven. Actually, I can give you the whole thing if you really want the whole top. But Georgia, number one, all but one first-place vote. Ohio State did get one first-place vote, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that was – that, Tim May or somebody that covers the Buckeyes or whatever that uh, that voted uh, in all this. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know who's on the committee uh, anymore. But Georgia got all but one first place vote. So Georgia, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, Tennessee five, Oregon six, 
LSU 7, Southern Cal 8, UCLA 9, Alabama goes to 10, Old Miss at 11, Clemson at 12, and then you go Utah, Penn State, North Carolina, Tulane moves up to number 16, um, NC State, Texas, Liberty. Love that Liberty's in the uh, in the poll now. Uh, Notre Dame, Illinois, Central Florida, K-State, Washington, Florida State. So of our top seven that they made a big deal of, any surprises in the top four, top ten, anything? Um, not not to me. I think that uh, TCU being in that four spot may be a surprise to a lot of the Tennessee fans that I've been hearing from in our mentions at Dogs HQ uh, over with On3, uh, who really seem to want a rematch with Georgia really badly, which kind of surprises me this soon after that game. I think if you didn't watch the game, you see the final score, I get that. You think maybe it was a little bit more competitive. But when you go back and watch that game, you see the rain come in. You see Georgia have a sizable lead against a team that, is really good on offense, even though Georgia was shutting Hendon Hooker down. Kirby Smart had every reason to just run the ball, run the clock out. And I think if Georgia really wanted to in a drier game, uh, they could have put up 40 points on Tennessee. Right. And it really could have been ugly. So, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I guess hope is a hell of a drug, John. Well, I, I think, though, for right now, with still regular season conference championship games left to be played. I think if you're the committee, you have to value winning first and foremost. And, and, and when you have four undefeated Power 5 teams, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt over anybody that has a loss right now. Now, the schedule will shake itself out. TCU will shake itself out. Michigan-Ohio State will shake itself out. Tennessee-Georgia will shake itself out. LSU-Georgia will shake itself out. There's a lot to be shook out. But I think for right now, though, you have to, if you're the committee, you have to value winning. And if you're undefeated, that's still better than having a loss right now. Now, we can look at strength of schedules coming up and all that. But for now, without a full body of work, I think you have to reward the teams that have not lost a game this year. TC, you can't help who was on its schedule. Right. The Horned Frogs just got to keep hopping. Right. That's what they do. Right. If they win out, they'll be in the playoff. If they go 13-0 and – They'll be in the playoff. They're not going to get left out at 13-0. Big 12 team at 13-0 will not get left out. Never. Just like Clemson wouldn't get left out, the Big 12 is not going to get left out. I don't care if Tennessee goes 11-1 and and they sit back and wait. Tennessee at 11-1 will not get in over 13-0 TCU. I can, I'll, I'll, Wes, I'll bet your salary on, <laughs> on that. They won't, leave out, they won't leave out a power five. Now, the question I ask you, because I do think TCU is going to lose, more likely to happen. Two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams that make the playoff. I am of the opinion that two SEC teams have the better path, and it's because we've already seen it happen before. I mean, we've seen it with Georgia and Bama twice now. So that's just kind of what makes me believe that that's the more likely outcome. When you look at this season, if Georgia makes it to the SEC championship unbeaten, they play LSU or Ole Miss or whoever. I mean, there, there's a long shot for Bama, but even if Bama makes it, I don't know. They've got a really, really tough chance to make it to the CFP. But if what we are looking at right now holds serve, Georgia beats LSU, okay? Let's say that's what, that's what happens. Tennessee's got a pretty reasonable path that I don't think many people would argue with 
to get back into that final four spot. I will say this. We'll get more into this at 820. We've got Chip Towers coming up at 740. I will say this. Georgia's 12-0 and going into the SEC title game. They will be in the playoffs, win or lose. The SEC title game for Georgia won't mean anything. Georgia won't go from one to five if they lose the SEC title game. I'll tell you what, though. Kirby Smart doesn't want to deal with that. No, he I doesn't get want that. to do I'm, it again. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah. That's what they're. I'm not. <laughs> what, what I'm telling you is, is that they will if they're 12 and 0 on whatever it is, December. What's the SEC title game, Dylan? Look up seven. Uh, it might even be before that. It might four. even be. It, it's usually around my birthday, which is the fourth. So usually fourth, fifth, somewhere like that. If Jay Z's birthday. Uh, oh, is it? Do yeah. I share with Jay Z? Okay. Uh, I think Lucy Liu's birthday is on mine as well. But wow. anyway. Um, Georgia 12 and 0 in the SEC title game. Win or lose, they'll be in. That I I don't see a scenario where you can move Georgia down to 5 or lower. They okay, lose so it's though, December 3rd. They lose though, I do believe that's game over for Tennessee. Oh yes. Yeah. If Georgia loses, yes, because they will put two loss LSU in the in the playoff. Yeah. They they won't leave the SEC champion out. So you so you have two you have two loss LSU and you have one loss Georgia. But I think if Georgia's 12 and 0, in the SEC title game, it won't matter if they win or lose. They will be one of the playoff teams. And I think whoever wins Ohio State-Michigan is a lock for the playoff because, with all due respect, those teams aren't losing to Illinois, despite what Freaky uh, saying. He's been he's been on that, hey, hey, hey Illinois. Eh. What if they wear leather helmets, though? Um, or they get, the Grange, they get the ghost of Red Grange to come back and run the football. So, anyway, we'll talk more about this at the 820. All right, Falcons and Chargers. You know, here's the thing about the NFL, Wes, that – the NFL is a league where games are typically very close. And in an NFL game, there are about four to six plays in an NFL game that determine the outcome of what a game is. If you win the majority of those, you probably win the game in the NFL. If you don't win the majority of those, you probably, you probably are going to lose. That's what happened on Sunday, is that in those four to six plays, whether it was the Drake London whether it was the, the Taquan Graham, you know, whether it was overthrowing Kyle Pitts, whatever you uh, the missed field goal by Koo, whatever you want to pick as your four to six plays, the Falcons lost those. And in a tight game in the NFL, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. They're backbreakers, and I, I mentioned Koo, but I'm not singling him out by any means. It, it's but all, it's one of those plays. It's one of them, right? Yeah, it's just it's just one of them. It's easy to single out the kicker, and everyone. Uh, likes to do that, but there were plenty of opportunities. And unfortunately, Marcus Mariota, when when called upon to stretch the field, he's not getting it done right now. The Falcons are able to run it really well, but some of those play calls, you know, you're looking at a second and short in a lot of those instances, and, and the Falcons are trying to go deep, and that's just not a statistically reasonable uh, nope. choice it's for not, this team right now. It's not a good, not a good recipe. Here's a couple of thoughts I have. If Mariota's strength, and we keep watching this every week, and it's true. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Short, quick route, one read, throw. When it's those four things, bing, 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 they're successful in their passing game. Every time they get out of that, every time that they get out of that, they have very little success. Not blaming Mariota for the loss. He didn't lose it, okay? But... If it's not clear, nine weeks into the season, short, quick route, one read, throw. Short, quick route, one read, throw. That's the four steps 
as to how you make Marcus Mariota a successful passer in today's NFL game. I think that could work pretty well this Thursday uh, against Carolina uh, just because you look at what the Bengals did to him. I mean, nothing went well for Carolina defensively. Uh, and I still think the Falcons can run the ball pretty well, which is a great development under Arthur Smith. And you keep that going, you mix it up, you keep the passing game lively with some of that, what was it again? Quick, Short, short. quick route, quick one route. read, throw. That. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Do that. Do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And you will have a Thursday night win. Yeah, and he can be a 12 for 14, 13 for 15 completion, maybe a touchdown mixed in. And it might only be 125 yards, but if I run it for 150 on top of that, I can win that game. That's about as many yards as he has throwing, I think, longer than 20 yards all season, John. So mm-hmm. I think they'll take 120-something. You want your uh, you want your stat? Give me the stat. Okay. I've been on this all year. Dylon, you can back me up on this. 20 attempts or less. 20 or less. Falcons are 3-1. and one. 21 attempts or more, one and four. And I've said all year that the sweet spot is 20 pass attempts. When they start getting above the number 20, that's mm-hmm. when they get in trouble. Okay. One and four on 21 or more. Three and one on 20 or less. It's surprising that that's the stat because uh, when I hear a lot of national people comment on what the Falcons are this season – a lot of them use the word fun. Mm-hmm. And fun can mean something really great for a national audience. But if you're a local audience, fun sometimes just means unpredictable roller coaster that you don't enjoy all the time. Do you know what the Peter King theory is of football? Oh, I'm very familiar with that one. Oh, yeah. Peter King knows a little bit about everybody. Yes. Yeah. We know everything about the Falcons because we are invested in watching, covering, listening. So that's the thing. When you talk about the national guys, they don't micromanage it the way you and I do. I look at it like I dive into every Falcon stat imaginable. Is it fun? um, Well, it's always fun because I like to break that stuff down. I look look for trends. So I I look at what are we doing as far as trending. And that's the number that has stuck out to me all Hmm. year, that that's what the magic number is. And you play, and again, it's not coincidence they threw it 59 times the first two weeks of the season. 59 times. They threw it 33 against the Saints, 26 against the Rams. And they very quickly moved away and said, that's not what our sweet yeah, spot is. That ain't us. No, that's not where our sweet spot is. The other thing I want to bring up, too, we got to get back to sacking the quarterback. Sacks, they're now down to 12 sacks for the season on are they, pace. Are they the worst in the NFL or second worst? I don't think they're the worst, but I will tell you that their pace is only for 22 or 23 sacks right now. I think it's 22 is what their pace is. So, yes, that would be better than 18, but that's not where they trended earlier in the year, and that's not much of an improvement. So that's one. Well, look at what Georgia did. Yeah, they almost doubled their number. Yeah, where you blitz yeah, every, where you, everybody. Yeah, where, where you almost double your season total <laughs> in one game. The other part of it is, too, their third down defense. It's not just that they don't get off on third down, West. It is way too many third and long conversions that they give up. They had a situation where – they had the Chargers on a first and 25, and in three plays, the Chargers picked that thing up. They had multiple third and nine, third and 10, third and 12, and the Chargers picked it up. They've got to be better on their third down defense. I don't care who you play in the NFL. If you can't get off the field on third and 10, 
you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, the the game that they just had with the Panthers was a great example of that. Yep. I, I don't know what the exact stat line was, but wasn't a whole lot of getting off the field on nope. that one. Nope. And that was the problem. They went. They started off. They held the Chargers 0 and 2, and then the Chargers rattled off I think six third downs in a row, and they finished the game eight for 16, 50 percent, which is they're about four. They were about 47 percent going into the game. You gave up 50%. You can't do that to teams in the NFL. If teams can convert third down on you and keep you keep your defense on the field, that's not a good mix and good recipe. All right, when we get back, Chip Towers, talked to him a little bit earlier today, his thoughts about what we saw in Athens and then we get ready for at Mississippi State on Saturday. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios, West Blankenship, hanging out with me. Sports Radio, 92 on the game and the Odyssey.com app. John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery show live on this Tuesday evening. Is Yes, we're still kind of celebrating what happened in Athens on Saturday. That was a uh, complete domination by what will be the number one team in the nation. And, of course, a lot to get into as uh, Georgia, for all intents and purposes, I know they still got to play Mississippi State, Kentucky, and all that, but they're going to wrap up the SEC East. So let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our man in the know. Chip Towers, our buddy from the AJC, who covers all things Georgia Bulldogs. AJC.com. You can check out all of Chip's work there. Keep up to date with all the Georgia Bulldog news there. And, of course, at C Towers, AJC. And, Chip, you know, I want to start with, I think you've been covering Georgia for about as long as I've been here in Atlanta. Can you think of a scene or a time or anything where Sanford Stadium has even been anywhere close to what we saw on Saturday? Well, it's been close for sure, but I mean, I can say from my personal experience, it, it's never been louder as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Loud as I've ever had in a personal experience, and uh, apologies if I sound out of breath, I've been walking, I uh, am walking as we speak, and uh, <laughs> but no, that was uh, unbelievably loud, uh, and the environment was unbelievably intense. Just ask Tennessee, right? Uh, that was an intense environment as we ever seen. But, you know, I mean, there's been other times. I, the first time I ever covered a, a Georgia game was as a Georgia student, uh, you know, way back in the 80s. And Georgia played Alabama, and there was a blocked punt at the end of the game that Georgia scooped and scored for a touchdown. And I remember the hair standing up on the back of my neck. I'd never heard anything that loud. I was actually on the field when that would happen. And, you know, of course uh, – you know, Georgia-Auburn in 2007 and the Mettenberger versus Murray game in, in 2013, I think it was. But, you know, for all that this one meant and, you know, everything riding on it and then just the sheer decibel level, there's been nothing more intense in my experience. Chip, I want to ask you about a specific play. That was after – after the short punt by Tennessee and Georgia gets the ball at the Tennessee 37 and it's one play to McConkey in touchdown. And I'm going to, we're going to talk about the offense here in just a couple minutes, but do you think a year or two ago they would have called that same type of play that they would have had enough trust in Stetson to on one play go downfield like that? Because it feels like that there is a lot more trust with Stetson Bennett this year and it just felt like that one play encapsulated it that here's a chance to take a big blow to Tennessee 
let's go try to hit a home run. And obviously they connected, and I thought that was a game-changing play on Saturday. Well, it was a huge play, and, you know, we can we can talk all night about that that one particular play. I asked Kirby about it again on Monday, and he wasn't real happy really to be asked about it because, you know, it doesn't matter now, right? But, you know, there's no question in my mind, and having gone back and watched it, watched it in slow motion and, and seen every different angle that you could see of it, that that should have been called a, a, a safety. And uh, so if, it, in fact, it was a safety, it could have really changed the complexion of the game. As it turned out, that play rendered it largely moot. And uh, so, you know, that, that your question is very specific about, you know, the trust of, of Stetson Bennett. And there is no question there's way more trust this season than there was last season and, and exponentially more than there was two seasons ago. But that's because, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett has proven himself. For gosh sakes, I, I mean – I can't remember what it is. I think it's seven and one uh, that that Stetson Bennett is against top ten teams. Seven and one. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's done it. He's proven it on the field, so he deserves uh, the chance. But I, I don't think it. I think it had less to do with Stetson Bennett and more to do with a. You know, the game plan going into Tennessee was was to hit them with explosives. They had one of the worst pass defenses uh, in. America and certainly one of the worst in the SEC. That's where their vulnerability was, and you had to hit them, and you had to hit them hard. And what better time to do it than first and ten at their thirty-seven? Um, so there was that, and uh, and then that, you know that's kind of football one hundred and one, sports one hundred and one. Really, it's kind of you make a uh, you make a, a a big momentum play, then you want to ride the momentum on the next series you know whether it's an offensive or defensive switch over you want to you want to ride that momentum Georgia was certainly trying to do that and uh and they did boy they captured it and they carried it on into halftime and truly into the second half all of us who saw it know that that was much more dominating than the 14 point final margin would indicate Chip Towers from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution obviously covers all things Georgia Bulldogs joining us on the waitfor.com hotline and I keep bringing this up to to folks like you that cover Georgia. I I do think that some of the the numbers are interesting about this year. I was going through a lot of stats over these last couple of weeks. <clears throat> so right now Georgia is on track, and I know it's not much of a difference, but they're on track to attempt more passes per game than rushing attempts per game. And if my math is right, the only two times that's ever happened for Georgia – was the two seasons of Eric Sire in, in 93 and 94 was the only two times that they actually threw it more times a game than they ran it more times a game. And I've talked about how they're having their biggest passing season ever. I think the stat that's amazing is, if, let's say they play 14 games. Bennett's on pace for over 450 pass attempts for the season. And look, depending on how it works out for the playoff and all that, and I understand it's a different era because they count bowl stats and stuff. But have you been kind of surprised at just how there is sort of that evolution of the offense this year for a team that doesn't have George Pickens? And really, if you look at Bauer's numbers, they're not jumping off the page. There has been a a, a shift in the way that this offense is now run through Tom Munkin. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, and I think it's a multi-factor. There's a multi-factor reason 
for that. You know, uh, I, I think you touched on it some there. You know, I mean, times are a little bit different, period, right? I mean, uh, uh, in, in the advent of the RPO era, um, there's just more you can do in that type of game. And uh, so I think that's part of it. George is doing a lot of RPO stuff. And why wouldn't you with Stetson Bennett, which is part two of that, um, knowing that you, Stetson Bennett was coming back, knowing that he was going to be your guy all year, you know, he's able to work with Todd Munkin during the off season to devise this scheme. And remember, when they came out against Oregon, that stuff was pretty new. I mean, we knew they'd been working on a lot. We knew that the general plan, because of Kenny McIntosh, was they were going to throw the ball uh, in the backfield or to the backs, you know, a lot more. Who knew it would be like it is? So, it's you know, Georgia has gotten to that place, kind of like what you're going to see this weekend uh, at Mississippi State where you, you kind of pass to run. You know, you, you throw these little dink and dunks uh, back and forth, you know, little hitches to your wide receivers. You run wide receiver, wide receiver screens. You run, run uh, running back screens. You run, run flares. Um, you run wheel routes. I mean, that's what Georgia's doing. Now, which is not to say that they can't go vertical on it. Ask Tennessee. That's what they just did. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of metrics out there that will explain that uh, that Stetson Bennett has been just about as explosive as anybody else in college football. Now, what he doesn't have is the gaudy touchdown stats. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's, it's really kind of flukish. As much as they've thrown the ball, a lot of times they've ended up inside the red zone, you know, inside the 10, and they've punched it in with runs. Uh, but Georgia's still averaging over 40 points a game. You know, so it's not like they're not scoring. They're just not passing for the grand majority of those touchdowns. You know, Stetson's now run for six or seven, I think it is. So he's got that. And then I think uh, – so he's accounted for 17 or so touchdowns, which is pretty good. But the, the passing numbers are going to be really gaudy. If he stays healthy and Georgia keeps doing what they're doing, I'm, I imagine he's going to obliterate every passing record that's in there, including – you know, the ones that Aaron Murray put up not so long ago. Chip, before I ask you about Mississippi State, I want to bring up the secondary who, you know, there were some questions going into the year about what would the Georgia secondary look like. But I think we knew Keeley Ringo could be that guy. And, you know, look, uh, we've talked about these guys for Georgia's defense that have made themselves some money come Sunday afternoon. Uh, he's one of those guys. After that performance on on Saturday, no doubt about that he showed everybody he's a top-tier corner and He's going to become a rich man here in about, I don't know, five or six months from right now. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see Keely Ringo play like, you know, we all know Keely Ringo can. He really hasn't. I mean, he admitted that. We uh, had a chance to talk to him after the game and then again, you know, in interviews after practice this week. And, um, you know, he hadn't been, you know, thrilled with ways to play. He hadn't been playing bad. It's just he hadn't been taking advantage of his unique skill set, which is, you know, really good size, really good speed. He's been right there in position to make a lot of plays, uh, but just hadn't got his head around, hadn't got his hands out there to be able to make the play. Well, he, you know, most definitely did that, uh, you know, in this last game. Uh, that was a just about as perfect as you can possibly play a go route, what he did on Cedric Tillman for the interception. And, uh, Look, that's a confident secondary, and it needs to be going to Mississippi State. I mean, all those guys, if you think about it, if you run through Malachi starts, Letterman, 
uh, tackles this past Saturday with 10. Javon Bullard had seven tackles. He also had two sacks. Christopher Smith is always solid. Uh, you know, uh, Kamari Lassiter had a couple of good plays. I mean, he's starting to get more and more um, targets because Keely Ringo doing what he's doing over there. And so, you know, I, I think you're seeing a Georgia – defense really grow up before your eyes. I mean, we, we can talk about all those guys that went to the NFL, but, you know, between the way they're playing and then, of course, getting Jalen Carter back, I mean, that's that's a huge development. Let's not underscore that. And that's helped everybody, him coming back the last two weeks. Last question for you, Chip. Um, you know, Mississippi State this weekend, you know, obviously, look, we know they throw it all over the yard, but they do it differently than Tennessee. Tennessee is going to throw haymakers and try to get you stretched out downfield. You brought this up. It's a lot of crossing. It's a lot of underneath. They sort of throw it to run. It feels like a game where as much as you need your secondary, you also feel like I think you need your safeties and your linebackers to kind of help out as well. A little bit about the difference about the passing game. How important is it going to be just to kind of get everybody involved this weekend as far as coverage goes? Because this is not going to be one-on-one on the outside, go deep. This is everybody coming across the middle on you. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, I see this as an agonizingly uh, uh, difficult game for Georgia. We'll see how it comes out. Georgia is a you know a two score plus favorite, like they have been everywhere. It feels a little bit like Missouri to me. And I've listen. I've always had this game kind of circled as a trap game, so from the beginning of the year, and that's before we knew that Tennessee would be what Tennessee is. It, but it would there it was falling between two, you know, Eastern Division rivals and you knew that uh you you know georgia was going to be in the thick of things by the time you got there so mississippi state would be the one that you kind of maybe discounted out of those and georgia can't afford to now the good news is that you know georgia can clinch uh, an sec championship game birth so that's that's going to be on their mind and i think help have their focus turned up but the thing about i mean you think about when they came to Athens in 2020, Will Rogers, I think, was just a freshman then. And they, I, I, you know, for some reason, I, I don't know if this is accurate, but they completed like 35 of 42 passes, something like that. I mean, it was just, it, it was just a nightmare. You know, it's a, it's a, a, you know, a bleeding death by paper cut is what I always call it. And uh, so, you know, got to really mind their keys in the secondary, those safeties and stuff. They're going to have to come up, and be very sure. On the tackle, you're going to have to create some turnovers that way because they will possess the ball on you and keep it away from you. You know, if you just keep them underneath and 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 you know keep them to getting you know four to six yards a play. That's what they seek to do. It's like uh, it's like the old Vince Dooley teams. It's like if I get four yards of rush, I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting first downs all the way down the field. They're the same way, but with throwing the ball. So Georgia's going to have to. They're going to have to get a really special effort, and they're going to have to create some turnovers somewhere along the way. Follow them on Twitter, at C-Towers-A-J-C. AJC.com is where you can check out all of the latest information and all the coverage that you need for the Georgia Bulldogs. Chip Towers from Atlanta Journal-Constitution joined us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Chip, as always, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk again soon as, uh, look, we're getting ready for, you know, a big one, uh, you know, to wrap up this season, and we'll be talking probably about another SEC title berth. Yep, getting there soon. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> you got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.